Welcome back to Tommy Talks, episode seven with Eric Decker, part two. I just want to make a huge shout out to our sponsors, Rick's Eyewear and Cap Z, the home of the fans, and Rick's with the best sunnies in the land. If you want a discount code this summer, make sure you head to both websites and use the discode ACES at checkout and you'll get yourself 20% off plus free express shipping, which is no more important time than Christmas. Anyway, I hope you like the show. We talk about reality TV, how Dex's career ended. He went to the Patriots, so we touch on what Bill Belichick's like and Tom Brady and a few other players like Gronk. I ask him 10 quick questions at the end, and we just we just have a good old yarn. So I hope you enjoy it. Strap yourself in. Here we go. Less of me, more of Dex. Let's dive into it. Enjoy the show. It's a 2013 bro like Super Bowl year. Um, what was that like? Like your numbers are huge. 87 receptions, 1,288 yards, 11 touchdowns. What do you remember of that year? Um, besides from your career day against the Chiefs with four touchdowns. I remember um, it just being like we're just rolling. Like, I mean, honestly, it felt like playing seven on seven uh, in a sense because – like I was telling you earlier, we, we just, we were a machine when we were clicking and, and then we were, he was spreading the football out and it was hard for defenses to really cut us off because, you you know, double team Demarius or you take away the running game, someone's going to step up. And uh, it was, it was, it was so much fun. Um, and I think I, I cherished a lot of the memories, you know, of playing that year, but also just the relationships. We had we had such a solid locker room on both sides of the ball, and you could tell there was no cancers, there was no bad guys in the locker. I mean, everyone was all in and really good dudes. So it, it was it was a tremendous year. Yeah, I love that, and that was what I was going to ask later on. What's the relationships like between the offense and the defense? Is it traditionally a bit of you do your job, we'll do ours, or is it is it really important that they bond? Yeah, it was definitely important. We, uh, and this might have came from the Peyton or, or, you know, the coaching staff of kind of trying to blend the two together because a lot of stuff was separate. Meetings were separate. Our locker room was one big locker room, but defense is on one side, offense on the other. So doing things that you had to get to know each other to build that trust, build that camaraderie was, was important. Do you boys walk in, say, like, you know, Let's say the game's 35 to 38 and you boys win. Do you sometimes, you, does the offense walk in with a bit of a head wobble? Like, we got it done this week, boys. Like, let's, let's <laughs> you boys need to tighten up. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's, there's, there's that uh, little, little chatter on the sidelines, too, during, during the game. Like, let's, let's, you know, like, do your job, especially special teams. I feel so bad. Special teams, you know, punt group, kick group, kickoff, kickoff return. They have maybe 20 plays out of 100, you know, yeah. or more than that, out of like 150 out of the game. And I, it's just like they do something wrong and you just everyone's just kind of on them, like, just do your job. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's what's great too is, I mean, the competitive fire, right? Like to make sure everyone's – Spider-Man's here to say hi. Hey, Spider-Man. He's back. He's up and about. I'm back. Who's back? Um. And so to kind of, you know, keep everyone check, checked in and locked in was, 
was, was definitely part of the conversations. And we scored a lot of points that year, you know, and so we knew if we were down or we were going to the fourth quarter and we really needed to score, it was just like, hey, we got time, we're, we'll handle this. And so I think that was, it, it gave a little bit of relief to the defense as well um, as, you know, well for us, if they're doing their job, we knew that we could run the scoreboard up. Yeah, spot on. Australia's got heaps of kickers that are coming through the NFL. They're becoming, you know, there's, 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 there's one new one every year. It's great. Like, I want, I want Australian-wide receivers, but um, what is the perception of kickers? I mean, I hear a lot of golf and not much work, but what is your perception of a kicker or a punter, I should say? Well, we are definitely uh, envious of their job during training camp because, yeah, they may kick every other day, and they get a 15-minute period to do their job, and then they have two hours to, you know, bullshit, basically. And so they're over there playing, you know, just these different games they make up. Uh, they're going in for a workout. Some of the veteran guys back in the day used to even, you know, go play around nine holes of golf. It's just like it's crazy that, you know, we're over here just banging heads, and they're just, you know, that's great. Lollygagging around. So Sounds like Australians, mate. Pretty laid back. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's great about, I mean, it's, it's been adopted from American kickers as well, but the Aussie kick, they call it, just the the end-over-end kick that the has been... Punt? The punt, yeah. It's been so huge yeah. Um, yeah. in the game now. We've got more, mate. We've got the banana. We've got the check side. We've got the works. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta educate myself on that. It sounds. I still remember when we brought the, um, we brought the, the Sharon. It's called. Um, yeah. And you had to play with it, and you were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. It's an odd shaped ball. <laughs> um, all right, let's go back to 2013. Um, not only, yeah. What was it like having a four TD game? That was, was the, was the. I don't know if social media was big back then, but you know, your phone would have been blowing up. Um, I'm not sure if you're out of contract at the end of that year because I know what happens next, but, you know, your name must be getting thrown around with Peyton's who's breaking records left, right, and center, but you're, you're rolling now. Yeah, that was uh, a big game for me too because I think leading up or early in that season, I didn't have a lot of touchdowns um, or as consistent as the years prior. But that game, just in particular, I just felt like I had a good matchup and kind of had a lot of opportunities in the sense of, you know, the play that was called and we executed them. And so just a lot of fun from that game, just thinking like, you know, every quarter getting opportunities. That's all you want as a receiver is to get, get chances, you know, and, uh, and you make the most of them. And so felt that game made the most, just felt like the ball was so big and, you know, just felt like I was – running routes on, you know, junior type type people and just like things were just clicking for me, you know what I'm saying? So that was that was a fun game. Yeah. Great experience. Mm-hmm. Will be one that I remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, mate, four touchdowns is honestly, uh, you don't even see that in a game sometimes. So to have it as an individual wide receiver is incredible. What about, what about when you caught Peyton's 50th touchdown, which I think might be, I don't know if it's still a record or one of the records you're talking about, but what, what's the process after that? Did you give that ball straight back to him? Did you keep it? <laughs> well, I don't think I realized this is 50th. Yeah, we were in Houston 
And uh, when I made the catch, they reviewed it because they didn't know if I got two feet in or not. And so when I brought the ball back, kind of played a trick like, oh man, I don't know where it is. And I had it in my, in my jersey. And then obviously handed it over to him because that was quite a feat, you know. Uh, and we ended up, I think, having 55 touchdowns that year. So we, we tacked on five more. Um, but what a run he had. 55 touchdowns is a lot. Dude, that's, yeah, you'd love playing under him. Um, and then talk about the, the Super Bowl. So, you know, you, you obviously would have these memories of the year prior. So that first playoff game, what was that like? And then, the, you know, you guys get rolling and you obviously get there. Um, what, was, what were the memories from that? I think for me, it's a confetti uh, after the AFC Championship game in Denver. We had a first round bye and first round seed. So everyone had to come through Denver to, to go to New York at that time for the Super Bowl. And um, man, it was, just, it was so cool playing New England. And I felt like we beat them pretty, pretty good to to have that sensation like you are playing for the Super Bowl to be world champions and the confetti flying down, all the hard work paying off to celebrate with, you know, your teammates, your family. It is a memory that will be engraved forever in me. And unfortunately the Super Bowl didn't go the same same way. Um, and that was quite a circus to be honest, especially in New York. So we stayed in New Jersey and the game was played in, I mean, basically New Jersey, but they call it New York. Mm. And we were busing back and forth from the Jets facility at that time, where I ended up going after that. But just, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just so, the traffic, uh, the volume of people, the, you know, cattle call in its own way of media days every day. So you're trying to balance practice, talk to the media, the, you know, frenzy from, family and friends of, of the week leading up to the Super Bowl. So it was kind of exhausting in a sense, you know, and maybe my perspective would be a little bit different if we won the game. Um, uh, but it was definitely a good experience and uh, a once a lifetime experience. But I would say the biggest memory from that run, like I said, was being in Denver, having the confetti and just kind of celebrating uh, with the fan base, family and, and teammates. Yeah. There's nothing better. And obviously winning, you just remember, you're spot on. Um, oh, mate, it's an incredible effort, honestly, like to, to reach a Super Bowl and to do what you guys did as a group. I'm sure that there's still lifelong friends from that group because you gave so much. At the end of the day, yeah, you didn't get the Super Bowl, but you know these, these lifelong friends, you have them forever. So something that you no doubt um, be super proud of. Um, what's... Okay, I'm I'm fascinated. This is where we start. I, I mean, I met you in a couple of years now, but t- talk to me. What's going on with the agent? Your contract? Your Did you want to stay in Denver? You did, did they offer you what you deserve? Why did you go to the Jets? So after the season, um, I mean, my agent had conversations with the Broncos and trying to figure out, in a sense, an extension or a new contract. And the word was, oh, we'll just wait till free agency and we'll have that conversation. So I think at that point, they kind of knew they were moving on. I don't know if it was they felt the price tag would have been too high or if they just didn't see me fit anymore. I wasn't sure. Um, and I know part of it was that Demarius coming up next year, and they had some guys that they had to pay, Bob Miller, 
uh, at the time. So I think they were trying to, you know, play chess and all right, who are their anchor pieces? Who are they going to pay? And then they got to backfill, you know, every different position. And so I don't think I fit in that equation. And so it's unfortunate because I love Denver. I mean, I wish, you know, my, my goal was to play in one place my entire career. I think that's so fascinating and so awesome. It doesn't happen a lot. Um, mm. But I really felt like Denver was home that way. Like, I, I could could have seen myself, I played another contract there, living there. Because um, it just was a great community. But um didn't work out that that way. So went to free agency, uh, fielded a few phone calls. And, I mean, truthfully, I thought I would have more offers than I did. And I think I didn't because the draft class that year was stacked with receivers. And... You know who were the receivers? Who were the receivers in that year? I'm trying to remember. That was 2000. I have to go back and look. 2014. Uh, yeah. Um, I just remember that being one of the, one of the issues backing into was, well, yeah, this, wow. these receiver free agents are going to have a hard time because the draft is so strong, and mm-hmm. you know you got younger, cheaper, and you can kind of mold, mold them that way. So went to New York for a visit, and Jess is pregnant. This is. Uh, like early March, second week of March, went to New York for a visit. And, and I kind of got a call from her. She was going through some contractions, like thinking she's going to have the baby I'm in New York. That was the fear always. Um, but just really meshed well with Rex Ryan, uh, the GM. I thought they had a grander plan in terms of bringing more people in. Um, and so I think not having as many options and kind of buying into what their plan was, you know, made me choose New York. And uh, I mean, to this day, I'm happy I did that. I've, I've had so many good relationships in New York. The organization takes care of their players. Maybe not the most consistent in terms of winning um, or consistent as far as keeping a group together um, since, you know, kind of the mid 2005, 2010 range is the last time I think they were consistent. So, um, def- definitely a, a change of scenery from what I was used to in Denver, but a good one because I felt like there's a lot of relationships that I've built there and opportunities that, that I got while being in New York. Was there anyone in New York before you got there that you were already tight with that was, that was easy? Or, or did you go to New York and not know anyone? So that whole comfort thing, getting out of your comfort zone would have been huge. It's like day one again. Yeah, there, there was some new... Like guys I knew from playing uh, from different teams, opponents, uh, but there was definitely the core that it was new. And so walking in as a new guy, you know, free agent, I guess bigger contract, expectations, and always kind of being in a role of like, all right, this this is your job. You know, like there wasn't my my leadership was more by action. So getting out there and, and being consistent, reliable during practice and, and kind of showing the younger guys how to do it. Well, now I felt like I was getting propelled into a position where I had to be more of a vocal leader because of the success we had in Denver, uh, the position I was as a free agent, and I guess one of the more veteran ones at this point, unfortunately, on the team. And so it it was it was definitely a a new experience, but it was so easy. Nick Mangle, uh, Dick, uh, Brick 
Ferguson. I'm trying to think of these guys that were the leaders there that just kind of brought me in and made me feel comfortable. And so it, it was nice to have those veterans that were so consistent being there and, and opening their arms to me. Before we touch on the Jets, what was the last, like when you, did you call Peyton and Demarius and your boys and say, I'm out? And was that hard? Yeah, it definitely was, was tough. I mean, I felt like we had more years together in us. And uh, it just kind of had, yeah, brought the news uh, saying like, that was kind of the final ride. And just yeah. how much I appreciated their friendship and them being a teammate and all the fun memories we made. It's so cutthroat. Like, you know, this doesn't make sense why you'd, you'd break up the band when you're rolling, you know? Um, anyway, you arrive in New York uh, and it's, it's all new to you. So when does, when does Jess have Vivian? What, is, this, is this close to happening or do you, have you played a few games before this happens? Like, New York would have been an experience for the fam. Yeah, it sure was. Well, so when I went for a free agent visit, I signed like March 12th. Vivi was born March 18th. Oh, wow. And uh, at the time, we were running the house in Denver. And so she's born March 18th. We had to be out of the house at the end of March because they were selling it. And so we literally had 12, 13 days with a newborn infant to pack our stuff up and head out of town. <laughs> and we were like, oh, my God. So it was, it was quite uh, a whirlwind at that time, that, that whole two, three week span of signing with a new team, having to relocate, new baby, gotta, gotta get out of the house. I mean, it was, it was a lot. Um, and luckily we kind of had a home base in Nashville at the time. So we just had to pack all our stuff up and, and ship it to Nashville until we figured out what we we're gonna do in New York. Um, so it was, it was definitely, like I said, a whirlwind. What a place Nashville is. We'll get to Nashville later on because oh, that place is a special place. Um, I've never been to Denver. So before we go to New York, you know, if I'm going out for a drink or a feed, nightclubs, bars, just atmosphere for sport, is it a city you recommend? It's, it's meant to be pretty cold. Is it cold or hot? Or what kind of... So it's, it's sneaky that way because everyone thinks, oh, Denver mountains, it's got to be cold. It actually is the perfect mix. So... When you're in Denver, it's it's obviously high elevation, very dry climate. So 40 degrees with the, with the intensity of the sun and the altitude that you're at, feels 15 degrees warmer. I mean, so it never was really cold unless it was windy, rainy, you know, like kind of a mix of that. The snow was great because it was, it was fluff. I'm used to being in Minnesota where it's very humid. So the snow would yeah. melt, it'd be turned into ice. Snow in Denver, it was it, honestly just fluff. I mean, it was like fake, yeah. fake snow. It was amazing. So basically, the climate in Denver, like in in December, even you could wear t-shirts. I mean, it was it was incredible. The, the worst months were probably February, March, because it would you could see it over the mountains. Just a crazy storm. Like I said, wind, rain, cold weather. Well, so you have that nice, warm, sunny climate. It's actually one of the sunniest places in the states. Um, and then you go two hours into the mountains, and you got four feet of snow, five feet of snow. But again, the sun's always shining. I mean, there's people out there snowboarding and skiing without jackets on because it's so hot uh, with the sun. So it was, I mean, the climate was unbelievable. If they had more lakes, I think it'd be one of the most desirable places to live in the yeah. States. 
uh, but it's just yeah. landlocked, you know, and you got the mountains, but you don't have a lot of water. So it's, it's a yeah. great place. Downtown Denver, good mix of uh, sports and nightlife. Uh, when I was there, they legalized pot, so everyone was, you know, rolling around smoking marijuana, uh, which sometimes <laughs> attracted a different crowd. But for the most part, it was it, it was it was a good place. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, hit you up if I ever go there. Let's yeah. get to uh, let's get to New York City, which it's essentially like you said, it's New Jersey um, or Jersey. In, in in fact, is that where you is that where your house was? Yeah, yeah. So our facility was in Florham Park that you've been to, and we lived just down the street from there. It's an incredible facility. Who's what facility was better, the the Jets or Broncos? Jets for sure. Oh yeah, man. I'll tell you a funny story. We had, I mean, at the footy club I was at at the time, Fremantle, um, they were building a new facility, right? And they kept talking about how it's 110 million and we're, we're building the exact same as the New York Jets. And little did they know, like, you just took me for a tour, like, yeah. you know, your gold-class VIP luxury tour for two hours. I literally saw every room in the, in the building and I still remember... I, I'm not ungrateful. I'm not ungrateful at all. It, it, it is a massive facility, but when it was built, you know, like to pull the curtains down, let's have a look, mate. It's got nothing on the Jets. I was like, this is yeah. not the New York Jets. It's big, it's good, but bro, the New York Jets facility, I've never seen anything like it. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, we we call it the Country Club just because it had, I mean, so many things that they offered the players. I mean, the dining was top notch. The, the locker room, the amenities, the you know meeting rooms, everything was just like kind of over the top for sure. Over the top, man, over the top. I couldn't believe just how many fridges and how many protein and- Right, everywhere. Let me get my charger for Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, I was just going to say, I didn't realize how hard it is to get a workout in now that you're done. I didn't, I didn't realize how important like it is just to feel good, man. Like I'm so, I'm not grumpy, but I'm not, I'm not moving until I literally get moving. And obviously when you're an athlete, you're doing that every day naturally. So I was just asking the question as you were charging, are you still working out? And if you are, what are you doing? Yeah, so I try to do a couple of days a week, just like you said, to get the body moving. I think for the endorphins, honestly, for me, just to... Yeah you know, kind of lift the spirits because I don't have the motivation like I, like I used to. So my wife and I have a trainer that comes to the house and he's been great. It's more like mobility, some strength training mixed in there, but the kind of endurance cardio. But we just got onto uh, F45, which I believe has started in Australia. Yeah. And I went to a couple classes and man, like I love mixing that in because it's just the high intensity quick workout and so we went yesterday and i'm so sore i mean my chest nah man i did i've done a couple i reckon what they do is they work out your whole body the next day i can't walk <laughs> yeah. now nah, when you asked before if i've been working out I, I mean i like i enjoy running and i'm naturally skinny i'm trying to get a bit of muscle back on this skinny frame but had this yeah. bet with the boys that um you've met tabs actually we had dinner with the big fella and Griff, one of the boys, and uh, I'm pretty good at chin-ups because I don't have many. I don't have any legs, but I got the big lats. So like, I, <laughs> I said, I reckon I can bang out 26. Um, my record was 25, and they're like, all right, we'll, we'll have a bet. So we, we, you know, we had a wager on it, 
and no shit, man, I had a wedding, I had my mate Matty DeBoer's wedding, and I come back and like, that was a big weekend, so I went to the park and like started banging out these chin-ups, and I've tore, I tore my rotator cuff, like under my, dude, I'm not joking you, I was filming it, and I was like pumping them out, and I thought I tore, I thought I tore my tricep, I was like, far out, what was that? So I went and saw my Marshall Stockton, one of the greatest physios in, in Fremantle here, and he's like, mate, you've, 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 you've strained your rotator cuff, you're out for six to eight weeks. I was like, you're kidding. So I can't even play golf at the moment. So yeah, I'm, um, I'm doing like rehab programs, man. It's, it's getting grim down here, bro. You know. Yeah, I know. All right, let's get into the Jets. So 2014, you had 74 receptions, 962 yards, five TDs. It was a, it was a good year. The next year, um, even better, like 80 receptions, 1,027 yards, 12 TDs. The TD beast is back. I still remember, this is where we met, but you and Brandon Marshall, just beast, similar to probably Demarius Thomas, but you guys just put up TDs and numbers. Yeah, that was a fun fun year at Fitzpatrick as a quarterback. Um, going back to my first year, we didn't have a lot of receivers or skilled players in general, I guess, that year. And training camp, you know, was going so well and then just kind of overdid it and pulled my hamstring. So I feel like it was a decent year statistically for me, even, you know, having to deal with a hamstring for really probably eight weeks out of the year. And there's a couple of games I didn't play. Um, but Geno Smith, I would say him and Kyle Orton, I was through one of the best balls, just like a tight spiral, always was easy to catch. But going to the next year, we bring in Fitzpatrick. Geno Smith got punched in the, in the face, broke his jaw. A lot, a lot of, lot of, lot of change, I guess. I'll say that during training camp. So Fitzpatrick starts, and we just go on this roll, and we got to a point where we got to kind of, you know, pick the plays in a sense. And so Brandon Marshall was a lot like Demarius in the sense, big, physical, fast, and and dominant. In that, in that nature. So having him on our side, I always say I'm kind of like, you know, the Robin to someone's Batman. I love kind of having that, that go-to guy because they obviously are the number one in, in a sense, but it's, it's the competitive battle that I love having. Like all right, who's going to get the more catches? Who's going to get the first touchdown? Who's going to, you know, do this in practice. And it was always the friendly competition. Um, and so we just fed off each other and, it, it was it was a, it was a really fun. And I think that was maybe one one of the more fun years because again in the locker room. But there's no better place to win than New York. Um, the fan base is tough on you, but when you win, man, they're all in. And it is quite the environment. And unfortunately, we didn't end that season well. But it, uh, a, lot, a lot of memories were had from that time. They are they are wild. I still remember going to the game. Um, that that's great. So so let's say you have a hundred and twenty yards and a touchdown. Brandon has ninety six yards and a touchdown. What's the is the banter just you and him all week? So that way the next week it's is like is that what you're doing? Oh yeah. Well, he'll, he'll let Fitzpatrick know to throw him the ball, you know, or he's got this this route he can beat a guy on. So give him a chance. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean. He usually had more yards, I'll say that in a game, but I would usually have more. Uh, I have a touchdown first, usually, is how it went. So it, it was it was friendly you know, chatter, especially on the first couple of drives and where, where the game was going. That's so funny, man. 
That is so funny how you're chirping each other on the sideline. I mean, it's just, I love it. I, that's, that's kind of what I live for, the camaraderie, the banter. It's probably the best part about sport in general. No um, mate, I can't thank you enough. This is where we met. Uh, I brought my mate, Seti, Jono, Liam. Um, we went for a facility. You took us through. We were quite nervous. I was a bit young then. That was probably six, I think six or seven years ago, man. I was like, yeah. I remember that um, Chris Gale hooked us up because um, Jesse was doing some work with, with them. And... Um, and yeah, mate, we were, we were really excited. I still remember it like yesterday. I put all the pads on. I still can't, I can't believe how you run around in the helmets. Like they're, they're so heavy, bro. Like I don't know how you do it. Like, is that, like do you, when you train without them, do you feel like twice the player or how hard is it to catch a ball with that helmet on? It, I mean, you just get used to it. We've been doing it since we're in like seventh grade, right? So I mean, yeah. it's just like a habit you create and figure it out but i'll say that once you go from you know the off season to training camp putting the helmets on i mean it's about a week two weeks not only from the collision but from just wearing the helmet that your neck is sore because it's yeah i mean yeah. i think the thing's like six seven pounds yeah it's heavy man it's heavy yeah. did you have do you have many concussions or big hits i know you had a few injuries but like did you have many huge huge head knocks i've had some really big hits um you probably YouTube one from college. We were playing Cal, University of California, and I caught a ball on the, on the sideline in the end zone, and this guy came and just clocked me. I mean, he hit me so hard, he knocked the wind out of me, but he, he split my chin open, and I had blood in my mouth, so I'm coughing because I couldn't breathe. Coughing blood, I thought, he, I thought he blew my lungs up. I mean, that's how hard he hit me. I thought I was dying. I mean, it was, it was scary. But there's I've been hit hard from... So probably Harrison from the Steelers, also the playoff game against Pittsburgh 2011. If my foot was planted in the ground, my knee would have been exploded. He hit me so hard. Luckily, I was in kind of midair and he hit me. That was a hard one. But, yeah, there's been a lot of hard hits. I've had a few registered concussions. I mean, I don't even know what you define a concussion because there's plenty of times where I was a little dizzy or, you know, took those little – it was a little black for a while until I kind of got my vision back. So that, that could be a concussion. I don't know. Um, but there's there's been a few for sure. So that's that's the scary part of the game. Um, but it comes with the territory. Well, we can't thank you enough. I remember when you took us for the tour on the Wednesday, um, you played on the Sunday against the Jags. And I remember saying, I think you're going to, I reckon you're going to score the first touchdown. And you're probably like being humble, like, oh, no, we'll see. But deep down, you probably knew you were. I remember we got there, we got fucking, we were late, man, because we, we got lost getting to the, we couldn't get to jer wherever the ground was. We're coming from New York, we're hungover like bloody dogs, and we got lost. I'm like, hurry up, the game started, and I remember like going to get the tickets, and the boys are like, geez, we had an absolute nightmare, man. Like I'm talking, we had Uber drivers stuck in traffic, we got a train, like it was so bad, and um, I felt so bad because we were like three minutes late. And then the boys were like, well, you make sure you got the tickets, and I was like, oh, of course we got the tickets. So I went to the ticket booth, all good, sprinting, and I remember like charging in, and you've just caught this ball, touchdown, Jed. So I was like, fuck, lucky. I, I literally just saw it. So that was a pretty cool moment, man. And um, yeah, you boys went on to win. I think 28, 23, I, I looked up. You had 79 yards and a touchdown, which was pretty cool. So yeah, from I mean, that was that was the start of my, I guess, my NFL. Uh, I'm so passionate now, man. Like just since that day, it's the game's grown on me. I guess being an AFL player. I don't really, like, I don't know, I just, it was my sport for so long. I'm not that passionate about it. I can talk about it and get a fix through it, but I love 
I love NFL, bro. So it's so good. So um, yeah, that's where it started, and that was a good year. Like I remember going back and watching you boys with our mates and following the Jets. You guys were good. Um, a bit frustrating some weeks, you know. Like it's like all good next week, <laughs> but um, you guys were you guys were really good um, to watch. And then 2016 was probably the most frustrating me personally like just so passionate and invested in you what happened there you had a you had a shoulder injury you started like a house on fire 200 yards two tds but then put on ir how'd you do that yeah Yeah, so that second week against buffalo uh landed on my shoulder and i've had some like rotator cuff issues myself from playing baseball and stuff there's times in college where i was a left-handed batter and i'd swing i'd have a one-hand finish and my shoulder was so, like, rotator cuff was so beat up that my hand would kind of go numb in a sense. And I'd throw the bat in the crowd. Like, I used to throw the bat in the crowd a few times. Um, and so, just over time, you know, kind of the wear and tear, I landed on it one game, and that was it for me. I couldn't, I couldn't raise my shoulder. I wasn't mobile. wasn't physical or I didn't have the strength. And went to the next week, tried to play, and it just was terrible. And so, I think at that point... I was like, all right, well, I'll try to rehab and come back and gave myself another week or two and said, I can't do it. Like, I need to shut it down. And it was unfortunate because, like you said, it felt like we were getting to a good start. We lost to Cincinnati that first week, but we were kind of we were kind of building. We had the same team as the year before. Uh, we had, you know, some fire from losing against Buffalo the last game of the year. The year prior, again, not going to the playoffs, we really were hungry to get there. And... Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Had surgery on my, my shoulder. Uh, same time, I had surgery on my hip as well. Had to get that cleaned up. And so it was a year of rehab for me. And kind of a year again of just reflection. And um, nice to get some family time. I came down to Nashville, rehabbed back home, and spent time with the family and just, you know, kind of got into that groove. Um, and recovered and went back for the off season. And at that point, it was kind of all downhill for me, to be honest, because came back for, for off-season programs. It was going so well. We got to mini camp, which is the last week in June. And the owner decided everyone that's 30 years and older is done. So they cut all of us. And Dave Harris was one guy who's been there for 10 years, 11 years, I think, his entire career. And they cut him like the last week of, of, of camp, which, which is so unprofessional in my opinion to do. And uh, luckily I ended up in Tennessee, again, had the injury bugs, like sprained my ankle in training camp and dealt with it for really the whole season. And just like never came back. And I think I, during, during that time, after the surgery, being home, going through another injury, it just wore on me so heavy emotionally and mentally. I was like, like I got what I wanted. I was at the pinnacle of the game, I guess, in the sense of playing a Super Bowl. Had a lot of great years. Yes, I'd love to play more, but I think I'm done. I think I'm checked out. And so, not to make a long, you know, long story longer, but I went to New England for training camp that last year after Tennessee, and it was just like the realization that I I didn't have it anymore. Like I, I wasn't all in. And New England's a place where if you aren't all in, you'll be exposed really quick. And so it was like, for me, kind of like, all right, I can 
end this chapter in my life. That, that That's what it was for me. And so yeah. hard realization that like my football career is over, what's next? But it was also like a weight off my shoulder in the sense that, all right, I know I'm done. I'm ready to be done. Sense of relief. Um, and, and just came home and was, was done. And you are such a family man, and that's what people will know about you if they, or if they don't know that, they will. Um, and you, once you check out, and I guess your sport, man, you can't, you can't go to training, especially. I'd imagine Bill Belichick is an absolute psycho. Like, what? Give me, give me a quick insight to New York, England, Patriots. Two weeks you were there. You, was Tom Brady there when you were there? Yeah. You and Tom yeah, mates I mean, prior, or? I knew Tom a little bit prior, just obviously playing against him. Um, it was really like such a, an amazing experience because I thought like I learned so much in those two weeks. Bill Check is a mastermind, like how he breaks down other teams, exposes their weakness, game plans around it. I mean, having Tom Brady, he's just, it's like back of his hand, what he's doing. He just gets the offense, knows where to put people. And it's really a system in the sense of, yeah. here are the guys, will you do what we ask you? Okay go do it. You know, that's, that's how the team was built. You didn't have, you know, a, a whole list of superstars. You had guys that were doers and that would mm-hmm. play hard and buy into the program. And, uh, I mean, practices were tough. I mean, Bilicek was the, was the one that would, you know, wear you out more than probably any other organization. I mean, the, the physicality of practices, the, Conditioning afterwards, his whole mentality was that we're going to train to sustain this through, you know, a Super Bowl run. And we're going to outwork people. We're going to outcondition people. We're going to basically just outwork them. And that's how we're going to win. And that, that was the mentality. And they, and they really, I think, demonstrated that in a lot of these seasons um, throughout, you know, Belichick's coaching career. No, it's fa- he's fascinating. He's the way he goes about it. No, bro. <clears throat> A lot of people wouldn't know this, but you had a TV reality, you know, show, uh, Eric and Jesse. Um, I want to know when did that start, and I've got so many quick questions to fire out at you because I know you got to shoot off in ten. But talk to me, like, how the fuck does that happen? Who approaches you? Um, obviously, you know, you guys as a couple, so funny and so entertaining. It is great viewing. I've watched all the highlights, but like, how does that come about? So we were. Engaged, I believe. Yeah, we were engaged at the time, and someone approached Jess's team about it, um, saying, "Hey, we're going to develop some shows. We want to maybe do this football entertainer show." And so, at that time, you know, Jess uh, basically gave up her career to move to Denver, and was was thinking, "Okay, well, how how can I revive my own career, or at least?" you know, change perspective because I think the perspective of her at the time, like women for some reason didn't really like her, I feel like, or resonate with her. And so the show was a huge opportunity and platform to showcase her true self. And I think that's why um, today, like she's so loved and successful because of, of the show we did in that platform. And so we got, we got pitched the idea. We said, why not, let's go for it. And so it kind of gave the lead up to our wedding it kind of showcased who we were as individuals and our relationship. That's right. Okay. He's back. While we had these guys right here. Yeah. Was it, um, 
is it awkward? Like, how many camera, how many cameramen or crew on yeah. every day? Yeah, it was definitely an adjustment right away. And you know, I will say this: that the reality TV was like, like a job. I mean, you'd show up. It was scripted in the sense, like, okay, today we're gonna showcase you going to the wedding venue, picking flowers out, hanging out at the house, doing a certain activity, and so. Everything within the scene was all natural, but in a sense, like the day was script, scripted of what you were going to do and what they were going to capture. So they'd set the scene, then you'd just roll in and be yourself and, all right, cut. And then they'd go home or they hanging around? What, how long would they be at your house for? I mean, they, they would go home. It was, it was nice because it was quick in and out, but they had a setup um, sometimes in the house and that could take, you know, an hour, two hours. So... Uh, not as invasive as some of the old reality shows would be where like the Jessica Simpson show, I know they had cameras on them 24 seven. They even put them in the house and they were capturing while they were in, I mean, that's a little invasive. Um, yeah. But our camera crew, two guys that were, were there, Ninja and Josh, their name, I'm still good friends with them. Still talk with them. So like we built a really good relationship with our crew and, um, I think, you know, it was very tastefully done, the show, and we kind of showcased, I mean, really who we were and, and, and what we were about. Um, but yeah, it definitely was an adjustment right away, like, okay, go. And it's just camera in your face, and it's like, okay, what do I do with my hands? You know, kind of one of those things. But after a while, it got, it got easy, and you just kind of forgot they were there, to be honest. Oh, you guys are naturals. I saw one scene where Jesse was performing, and you're at the back and they push you in and you got to get your rig out. Oh, mate, that, was, that, is, that is great. The best part is you just go with it. I noticed that you were kind of sitting there like, I don't really want to do that, but fuck, you just went with it, which is, which is funny, man. Um, now talk to me, like, before I get into my Tommy 10 segment and then we're done, like, now, what are you, now that footy's done, I think it's been three years since you've finished. Um, yeah. I can see the cap you're wearing. I'm going to send you some of these freshies, brother. I've got the new... Got the new yeah. mint Melrose. I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you some. I think it's. I don't know what it is. It's summer here. It's probably winter there. Who fucking who knows? But um, okay. talk to me. What you're doing day to day now outside of footy? Well, I'm uh, definitely running Kidnish for my dress, which is a, a women's clothing brand. Never thought I'd be running a women's fashion brand when I retired, but it's been a lot of fun because uh, I jumped on board after she opened an actual physical brick and mortar store, and then said, you know what, this is going really well. Let's start an e-com business and online business. And so once she started that, I was like, all right, well, I need to jump on because I see the numbers. We're definitely not being efficient operationally. It sucks. And so that was September or November, maybe. October, I don't know. It was, it was 2019, the fall of 19. I jumped on board. And ever since, it's been a learning curve. I mean... Don't know, didn't know retail at all at that point. New business, but not that kind of business and just had to figure it out. And uh, yeah. it's been rewarding that way. And it's been a good place to put my energy, you know? And um, yeah. I feel like I've learned so much. It's been fun building the team. It's been fun kind of building the culture and really scaling the business. Uh, we got four stores, brick and mortar now in our online business and you know, got goals to really blow this thing out of the water. Um, so that, that's been really kind of my day to day, like, taking most of my time outside of fatherhood and running the kids around, being a taxi cab driver to all their activities, supporting Jess. Um, and then on the side, do some 
investment stuff, whether it's real estate here in town, um, you know, residential stuff, multifamily stuff. So it's been, it's been, it's been great, man. I feel like I'm in the, in the right place in my life of where I need to be and doing what, what I need to be doing. Oh, it's fantastic. Obviously, I'm in the same space. The ecom, are you guys all set up for Black Friday? It's like one of our biggest days now because of the states. You, you'd be prepared for that. Well, I think we're getting prepared for that. We're we're, we're starting to um, update our website, so we're gonna do. And I think we're gonna hold off after Black Friday. But there's a lot of big things we got going on. But like you said, yeah, Black Friday, the holidays is is a big time to to move some inventory. And I don't know about you, but we've been having, you know, like the reliance on China and, and the freight getting stuff over has been, been complicated. Um, so that's been, been a challenge, but working through it. Yeah. We're the same. I think we had a bit of a delay. Um, shipping prices are going up through the roof, but we literally just got all our stock last week. So I spent two nights ago, man, my business partner, we were just stacking shells, man, like cutting boxes up, just getting ready, hopefully to move all the inventory. But yeah, it's a fun space to be in. So uh, we'll definitely can talk more about that later on. All right, I've got my I've got my Tommy Ten. I got some random questions here, um, just random, random as. All right, what makes a successful QB? Boom. Intelligence, uh, natural ability, and confidence. All right, when you're lined out wide, what exactly are you thinking? What is the cornerback? What's his strength? What coverage are they playing? How do I need to run my route? Is there a bit of banter as well? Like, are you a quiet, you like a silent assassin, or are you chirping? I'm, I'm the quiet assassin. I'm, like I'm that. like, you know, you, you talk. I'll let my actions do the words, and I'll, 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 I'll mic drop it for you. And then, yeah, and then you'll spike that ball in front of him. Like, you used to, man, you spike that ball fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, I do. That was, that was how I got my aggression out, no doubt. I like that. All right, who are your guys? Who are your lifelong friends? I mean, I'm sure there's heaps, but you know, who do you still keep in contact on the reg? So Mike Burstall is a high school friend that is, you know, long time, lifelong friend. Blake Howden is a college roommate, lifelong friend. As far as the NFL, I mean, Demarius, Wes Woodyard uh, are, are my two guys that I say I probably keep in touch with the most. What's the best advice you've ever been given during your NFL career? One, I would say it was more so Peyton and how to watch tape, how to break down, like, what is it to look for while you're watching tape? Not just to watch it, to watch it, but to see, you know, the again, the footwork from the cornerbacks or how they disguise coverages. That was one thing. The other thing for me was just, you know, I think uh, watching like, like a Champ Bailey, just being consistent and coming in and doing your job, being a professional. And I think that's what gives you sustainability is, is the consistency. I love that. I wasn't that consistent, man. I was a bit up and down. Um, all right, I've already asked you this, but do the defense and offense get along really well? The wide receivers hang with everyone, or what's the go here? You kind of touched on that earlier, but did you become close friends with any defensive players? Well, outside of training camp, yes. Training camp was like that's where the banter and the physicality of some fights every once in a while uh, with the defense, because think about how wore down you are mentally and emotionally that you you know you have added a few times but yes there was definitely the camaraderie outside of training camp with both offense and defense okay away games you're on the plane 
I know you touched on like there was an ATM inside the locker room at New York Jets because there was a lot of betting going on the ping pong tables. Give us an insight to what is going on the plane or away travel. So uh, catered food, so usually quick little snack, and then we had a group of guys that would play a game called Bouray. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so, so a little bit of gambling, a little bit of eating. Uh, if it was a longer flight, maybe a little, little nap. Uh, that was usually kind of what went on during, during a flight. What about the fashion element? Now, now, I'm obviously trying to gift a few of the NFL boys some sunnies, right? So I'm always looking at the photos, which it's the easiest way to see who's wearing what. But is that like the boys, are they specifically dressing up for that one photo? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, there was a majority of them, including myself for a while. And I think I just kind of lost interest in the gun. Uh, but that was like the moment because you knew the camera was going to be there. You look good, feel good, play good, right? I mean, that's the mentality. And so I think it gave everyone the chance to really kind of, you know, get suited and booted. As a wide receiver, do you prefer yards or touchdowns? I think my example Touchdowns. Okay, so touchdowns is where it's at? I think so. Touchdowns is where, where the money's at. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think you're right. Who's the coolest person you've ever met? Oh, wow. Because obviously, you know, you're pinned as um, this big celebrity footballer, but clearly we've all got someone that we might be a bit starstruck. Is there anyone that you've kind of met as a younger player and yeah. gone, wow? Well, this isn't a player, but Matthew McConaughey. Got to meet him when I was in New York and just the coolest dude. And honestly, starstruck because I, I just respect him as a person and as an actor and just father now. Uh, that, that would probably be the biggest star. Otherwise, it was when I was probably a rookie, I think. I met Jerry Rice, who was uh, you know, one of the greatest, probably the greatest receiver to play the game for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and I was starstruck just because he's always been an idol for me. Yeah, there's two big dogs right there. Who is the best wide receiver to watch in the game right now? Ooh, great question. You know what? First name that comes to me is always Julio Jones when uh, you know he was playing. This year, obviously, he's been injured. With the Titans not having the best year. But, I mean, I think he is the greatest receiver all around in the game currently. Um, I also look at the guy from Seattle. I'm blanking on his name. Metcalf, DK. Yeah, DK He's Metcalf. A beast, man. He's a beast. I mean, to be that big and run that fast is like so unfair, right? I mean, like it's just crazy how athletic those people are. Um, so I'd say, yeah, he's definitely one of them. I just want one of his abs. <laughs> yeah, all right. This is a linebacker. Okay, who's the best quarterback? Who is the goat? I mean, it's 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 got to be Tom Brady. Um, now, I say Peyton Manning just because of I mean, how he operated the offenses and, and really ran uh, the game. But Tom Brady in the sense of closing games out, getting to Super Bowls, winning Super Bowls, and now doing it on two different teams, especially the first year on a new team during COVID with limited offseason work. I mean, that's that speaks volumes. I know they have a really good defense, but, like, the dude's proven it. He is unbelievable. Um, Peyton will be a close second then. Who wins? Oh, three more. Who wins the Super Bowl this year? I'm watching it now and I'm thinking like one week it's like the Bills. Next week I'm like, my, like look, the Chiefs are done in my head anyway. 
You know, like it, it's the middle of the season, right? So as a player, are you guys, are you, you've been there. Do you find your feet again at the back end and then fire up? Or like who are you, who are you seeing right now? Who wins it? I mean, it's, it all comes down to how healthy you stay through the season. That's the biggest factor, honestly. But and if you get on a little roll, I mean, I like the Rams. I know they got beat up by the Titans, who I like the Titans too. Their defense is stout. And I mean, they're, they're very consistent. Um, and they got a pathway because their division isn't like that great. Um, I like the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals as well. You know, I just don't know what you're going to get sometimes. Um, I mean, who know? I mean, the Patriots may make a run too. I mean, they're sneaky good and they're so systematic, like I was saying. I think they're finding what their identity is and, and they're playing to it and they've, they've gotten on a roll. So, I mean, it, it comes down to end of the season, who's healthy, who's got momentum, and who's got home field advantage, and it's like, go from there. And obviously, Tampa Bay, too, I gotta say. All right, so if you're gonna pick one, it would be the listeners at home, bro. They wanna, they wanna know who you say, they'll back them. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say Tampa Bay. I'm gonna go say Tampa Bay. I love it. All right, you've been around the Gronk. What's the Gronk, what you see is what you get. Is he just the most energetic, biggest unit you've ever met? Oh my gosh, is he ever. So, yeah, we came in same draft class, and, uh, you know, he is such a goofball, full of energy, big kid, um, 100%. And so what you see definitely is what you get. I love that. Yeah, he, he looks so, he actually ran into a few of my buddies in Sydney and I'm, I literally had to go do some work for Ricks after footy. They're like, you wouldn't believe it. Like we just ran into the big Gronk. It was the year that he had off in Sydney. I was like, far out, man. I would have mentioned that you were mates with you. Um, so I was spewing, but uh, all right, second last question. Where's the next place I'm in Nashville? Where are we going for dinner? You've already taken me to a Japanese restaurant. I think it was called, oh, I wrote it down here somewhere. I've lost it. Yeah. Uh, Is there any new places in town? There's a, the restaurant scene since you've visited has, has, has gone up. Like there's a lot of good restaurants. I think I can't just name one. We'd have to go to multiple. There's a nice little Italian spot called Yolan. Uh, steakhouse, twelve thirty club. You know, there's there's places where we probably have to do Broadway. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's we hit up a few places, no doubt. Love it. I just got the name it was Virago. Is that how you say it? Virago. Yeah, that's where you took me. Oh yeah, it's my shout next time because I know you shouted us last time. And a big story, my mate Risky, big fan of us. You've met James at dinner. He was eating the edamame beans, and I remember he was eating the <laughs> he was eating the outside of them. You're like, geez, yeah. Yeah, your mate over there's loving the edamame, and he's like, "You go, hey, how you going with the edamame?" He's like, "Geez, these are grass." <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man, it's so funny. I still get into him. Okay, last question: um, If there was going to be someone else um, that you know that would come on the show and talk to someone like myself that's maybe playing or ex, who would you recommend? Clearly, the pro- criteria would be someone like yourself, an amazing person. Um, they give a fair bit. If there's someone that comes to mind, who can you recommend for Tommy Talks? Is there a certain position you'd want, like offense, defense? Anyone, anyone. I mean, I feel like who we should go after. Who can we get, Dex? Is um, someone you can rely on. Trying to go big, though. Like, we need to get. Like right now, I think Derrick Henry. You should get Derrick Henry on since he's like King would be uh, big. The King would uh, be big right be big. now. Well, we can set it up. Let's set up Derrick Henry, the King. It, it was 
devastating to see the big fella go down. Once he's healthy, once he's healthy and he's in a better mindset, we'll do it. You've heard it here first, Dex. Honestly, man, it's just first, mate, it's just so good to see your face. I know you you live in the moment and texting, I'm the same. I hate text call. I'd rather just ha- catch up for a beer or a, or a whiskey yeah. or bourbon. But, mate, thank you so much for your time. Um, I hope you hope everything's going well uh, from Instagram, loving the TikTok reels and all the rest of it. Um, I wish you all the best with Kittenish. And, uh, mate, it's just been a pleasure to, to chat again, and I can't thank you enough for your time. So thank you so much, bro. I appreciate you, brother. Cheers. And that's all we have, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Decker, what a human. What a man. Dex, if you're listening, which you are, no doubt, you're a huge fan of the show. Thank you so much for your time and organising that with me. Nashville and Perth time zone is horrific. It was quite hard, but with someone like yourself, it was quite easy. So thanks so much for your time. Your stories were incredible. Anyone out there that's an NFL fan, to hear these stories about Denver and their successful years and what it's like to go through a trade period um, with agents and, and injuries and and now life after footy. He touches on, obviously, reality TV. I don't think anyone would know how that works. So just to, just to hear that is quite cool. So I hope you're enjoying the show. We've got some big names coming up, um, and I really appreciate Dex referring me to the king, Derek Henry. Let's get him over the line and make sure that he's on Tommy Talks in the future. So thanks, everyone. Enjoy your week, and if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do. Leave a review. A kind one will do, and I'll see you soon.